On this very special episode of Under the Bridge, Matthew Vaughn week or something. <laughs> what? Well, okay, so th- we're we're not talking about Argyle, obviously, because you didn't have time to see it, and yeah. I didn't get a chance to see it in the last couple of days because reasons. So because of that, <laughs> because of reasons. Well, okay, fine. You want the full breakdown? Here's what happened. I went to a convention on Saturday, and it was claustrophobic as heck. And then uh, one of our friends who I went with tested positive for COVID the immediate next day afterward. So I thought, oh, I've been walking around with this person all day, packed tightly in a convention center, and they probably had COVID while we were there. Not that I'm blaming anybody, Mm. because, you know, that's just unfortunate, because they got sick the next day and tested positive. So it's just a case of, well, okay, I don't know that I've got it, but... I might as well avoid as many public places as I can. So in the interest of trying to be vaguely responsible while I figure out whether or not I managed to contract this virus, which I'm going to have to bleep. <laughs> as one does. I decided not to see Argyle. And as a result, we're going to be talking about a different Matthew Vaughn movie instead. Oh, yeah. But now that I've got that intro out of the way, welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. <laughs> I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we're here to talk sometimes gaming news, sometimes comic news, very often movie news, and pretty much always a movie review. Uh, yes, indeed. One of these days, I'm going to nail down the syntax that I want. <laughs> I've got the flow. I've got the general idea. It just needs that, it needs that je ne sais quoi, mm. that cut of its jib, you know? It needs that certain the little extra something. I'll figure it out. There's a podcast that I used to listen to a lot more regularly where when they started out, they would do the whole thing of the three of them would rotate as hosts and one of them would always try to do a strange intro kind of talking to the audience. Like, I think one of them was the only one where he's like, right, what's up, you sexy YouTube mother lovers? And Oh, dear. Yeah, and it was one of those things where he had to stop doing it because the podcast actually got to the point where advertisers started showing up more and they're like, yeah, you can't do that, dog. <laughs> wow. And it's just like, ah, uh, at least that's how I understand it. So, who knows? Maybe we'll get to that point. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Before we get into any more silly nonsense, though, I do have to bring the mood down a little bit. Just a tad. Just a tad, because unfortunately, Carl Weathers passed away as of February 1st, 2024. Yes, indeed. Apparently, he, he went peacefully in his sleep. Cause of death has not been revealed, which is fair. It's really none of our gosh darn business anyway. Mm-hmm. 76, very interesting career full of some really good roles. Like, it's not the most prolific filmography in the world, but there are some knockouts. Case in point, wow, that was actually an unintentional joke that I made because he was Apollo <laughs> Creed in the Rocky movies. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say Apollo Creed is probably definitely one of his more well-known roles. He also, more recently, much more recently, voiced or played as Grief Karga in The Mandalorian. Yeah, also directed a couple episodes. Oh, that I did not know. No, yeah. Oh, okay, neat. He was also Colonel Dillon in The Predator, the original Predator, which I still haven't seen. Same. I've only seen Predator 2. (laughs) (laughs) He also voiced Combat Carl in Toy Story 4. Yeah, as well as the titular Action Jackson in the 1988 movie Action Jackson which I'm only aware of because my dad would occasionally just declare the phrase Action Jackson when I was much younger and I never understood what that was. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Is that another movie that we're going to have to sit down and watch then? Yeah, probably. I mean, I also have to sit down and watch the Rocky movies. I mean, honestly, same. So do I. <laughs> All right, we'll just watch. We'll just cannonball the Rockies and the Creeds. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Good times. Well, you're ahead of me on that because you saw the most recent Creed movie. I saw all three sure. of the Creeds. I just have to rewatch them at some point. Ah, fair. Yeah. Anyways, that that's that's a hefty loss. And it is a big loss, unfortunately. It will be missed, sir. Thank you for all the good times. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So, just a, a random tidbit I came across. Apparently, and because this is just something that I would care about, he did commercials for Old Spice. In particular, he acted as a character named Brian Gibo Fitzgerald, <laughs> specifically for... Old Spice's commercials that they did tying in with Tony Stewart, who is a well, is a retired NASCAR driver. Oh. So these were specifically for the commercials that Old Spice did for with Tony Stewart for NASCAR. <laughs> Alright, cool. Yeah, that's that's a random one. I'm gonna be a little real. That's a bit of a random one for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Anyways, we're gonna move on to something silly that I put on this list just because it will irritate you. Oh boy. Yeah, we got a... This isn't a starting roster announcement or anything, but it's advertised as the first 24 characters of Dragon Ball Sparking Zero roster have officially been revealed. A.K.A. not Dragon Ball Budokai Tenkaichi 4. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, uh, I'm gonna read this list off to you, and I'm going to go through the whole thing, and you can interrupt me if you uh, want, but it's not gonna stop me, so just keep that in okay. mind. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> so, uh, the characters revealed are Goku, early Dragon Ball Z. Goku, mid-Dragon Ball Z. No! Goku, mid-Dragon Ball Z, Super Saiyan... <laughs> Goku I and Dragon Ball this. Z. What the fuck? Goku Why are these and Dragon characters? Ball Z Super Saiyan. <laughs> Goku and Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan 2. Goku what? and Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan 3. Goku Why Dragon are... Ball Super. <laughs> Goku Dragon Ball Super Super Saiyan. Goku Dragon what? Ball Wait, Super Super what's Saiyan super God. Super... <laughs> Goku. Dragon Ball Super, Super Saiyan God, I Super Saiyan. I fucking hate this. I hate everything about this. Vegeta. <laughs> oh, okay, we get 12 Gokus, and now it's Vegeta. Because you said there's, what, 24, right? Vegeta, Dragon <laughs> oh, Ball Z with Scouter. Grade 8 Vegeta. Who the fuck is Scouter? <laughs> it's an eyepiece. Vegeta, early oh, Dragon oh, Ball oh, Z. Ve wait, no! Vegeta, early He's... Dragon Ball Z, Super Saiyan. <laughs> Super Vegeta. Vegeta and Dragon Ball Z. Vegeta and Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan, Vegeta and Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan 2, Majin Vegeta, Super Vegeta, oh. well, okay, Vegeta Dragon Ball Super, which is different from Super Vegeta, Vegeta Dragon Ball Super, <laughs> Super Saiyan, Vegeta Dragon Ball franchise. Super Super Saiyan I God, I genuinely hate this franchise so much, and Vegeta Dragon Ball Super, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. And that's all they've shown. That's, I mean, we know there's other characters. Why are these separate characters? Because they've all got different movesets, man. This is an ever-evolving franchise. Well, I'm kidding. It's because it's just easy. That's fucking dog <laughs> shit. These should all be skins. I'm disappointed in myself. I actually broke from the list a little bit. <laughs> I'm sad that I broke just to clarify about the scouter. These are all individual, like, spots in the roster. Yeah. So this is either going to have it. This game, no, if this game actually has a bigger, like, roster than smash at the end of it that i'm gonna be more pissed oh, off it will. it's like he, this is like hey this is how we're justifying it's like no these should be skins man tenkaichi 3 had a bigger roster than smash did it really i'm pretty sure tenkaichi 2 had a bigger roster than smash was it the same thing or it's just different variants of the same character that was a good chunk of it that's ridiculous yeah no like people are estimating it hasn't been officially confirmed but people are estimating around 164 characters for this game there are heavy air quotes around the word character. <laughs> no, they're all going like, to have different quotes and movesets, and what, but, but yeah. No, yeah, it's like, I don't know, I guess I could see it if it... What would make more sense to me, personally, is if you had it where it was each individual character, but maybe you have changeable cosmetics that you can unlock that have different quote quips and slightly different movesets, but even that sounds kind of fucking busted. I feel like that's worse. Holy shit, that is like... That is straight up the Gran Turismo 5 method of, like, pumping up your spec sheet. This is like, <laughs> Gran Turismo 5 be like, I don't expect you to know about this. This is something that I care about because it's the thing that, it's something that still pisses me off as an adult, and it's also the game that killed my ability to get hyped about video games. Because Gran Turismo 5, on the back of the tin, would be like, Oh, we have a, a thousand cars in our game! And it's like, oh, neat! You missed the part where... 700 plus of those cars were literally carryovers from the PlayStation 2 game. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, same car as what already exists, just PlayStation 2 model? Yeah. Like, yeah, like scaled they actually, down. They, no, 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 no. Like, these were actually, they actually took the full car model from the PlayStation 2 era Gran Turismo 4 and ported it over to the next generation PlayStation 3 game. They did it for every single car that was in the game, including the variants of cars that were also in only specific regional versions of the game. And then we're like, hey, we have a thousand cars, except three quarters of our thousand car roster, our worst models, I almost called them character models, our <laughs> worst car models, that don't have any kind of interior view, which was a big selling point of the game because graphics. Yeah, have worse models, worse sounds, don't have any kind of interior view, and just do not share all the features with the more up-to-date cars. And it's the thing of like, 
thousand cars, guys. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Yeah, it was gross. So this sounds like a similar thing already. Yeah, but they've been doing that for forever. So what, there's like... But there was like 12 Gokus and 12 Vegetas, basically, I think right? there was like 13 Gokus, 11 Vegetas, or maybe it was the other way around. <laughs> so and there's probably more forms beyond that, and that's probably not even... that The, the fusions are probably going to be involved, so there's going to be Vegito and Gogeta and... Goat Cheesa? No, Gogeta. Goat Cheesa. God is Goat my witness, che- I will make you watch Dragon Ball Z someday. I mean, I used to as a kid, and I still fucking hated it. <laughs> Anyways, that's just something I put in because I, I knew it would make you mad, and I thought it would be funny. And it was! I, I found it very funny. <laughs> that is one of the most horseshit things I have ever seen in regards to video games. That's saying something. <laughs> oh, man, I think the best part is we know there's other characters in the game. We've seen them in the trailers, and yet the ones they choose to announce are all Goku and Vegeta. <laughs> Which is also ridiculous. It's like, we're showing off our first set of characters. It's a bunch of Gokus and Vegetas. As if they weren't going to have Goku and Vegeta show up to begin with. Oh, just <laughs> you wait until we get in all the Gohans. Oh my god. I predict we're going to have, let's see, we're going to have Kid Gohan, we're going to have Teen Gohan, we're going to have Teen Gohan Super Saiyan, we're going to have Teen Gohan Super Saiyan 2, we're going to have Adult Gohan, <laughs> Adult Gohan Super Saiyan, Adult Gohan We're gonna have Super Saiyan Gohan and then Saiyan Super Saiyan Adult Teen Gohan. I'm not done. (laughs) We're gonna have Great Saiyan Man. We might have Great Saiyan Man Super Saiyan. We're gonna have Gohan Potential Unleashed. (laughs) Gohan Super. Probably Gohan Super Super Saiyan. Maybe Gohan Super Super Saiyan 2. Maybe Gohan Super Super... Gohan Super Potential Unleashed. I like how I you're also the- tripping up over this, too. Yeah, no, look, look. The decision to to give the latest Dragon Ball series the subtitle of Super was a terrible goddamn idea when one of the power-ups is called Super Saiyan, all right? It's, 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 it's asinine. Did I hear you say that one of the variants of Goku was, like, Goku Sape Super Saiyan Super? Like, actually, like, literally that. It, it's Goku, Dragon Ball Super, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Fuck off. <laughs> they could have just called it Super Saiyan Blue. Would have been fine. Anyways, Don't... I'm predicting at least as many Gohans as we have Gokus and Vegetas. Or at Is least Black close. Goku there? He probably will be. Yeah, it's like, so someone can inevitably go, Don't shoot, this man isn't black. <laughs> and then we'll have Goku Black Super Saiyan Rosé. Rosé? Yeah, Super Saiyan Rosé. The fuck? I will not elaborate. Let's let's go to the next thing. What's yeah. the next thing on the list? <laughs> uh, next thing on the list is uh, one for me. There was a state oh of play this week, and uh, I, I, I didn't pay attention to any of it except for one thing. Okay, so you also are not joining on the Silent Hill hate then. Cool. <laughs> no, I don't care. I mean, I don't care either. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen any of it. I just saw I just saw Sonic Generations remastered. I was like, ooh, what's this? And then it turns out there's going to be a campaign that actually has Shadow the Hedgehog playable. Ooh. And they're calling it <laughs> Sonic X Shadow Generations. Driving the shipping oh. community absolutely wild. Oh, why would you fucking do that? When will they learn? Sega, you dumb fucks. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of idiots. They don't even Jesus know. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's like, this is a good title. There had to be some intern there who was like, no, no, no. Sega, there are ports of the internet that you do not know that you're activating if you go ahead with this. For doing it live! <laughs> it's like, ah... Probably the same intern who has to handle social media, too. <laughs> yep. Even better, it looks like this isn't just going to be Shadow goes through the same stages as classic Sonic and modern Sonic. He's got his own stages. At the very least, I definitely mm. recognized Radical Highway and Final Chase from Sonic Adventure 2. Probably a couple stages from Shadow the Hedgehog, at least. Doom's Eye was there. The Bio-Lizard was there. That's super cool. That's super cool? <laughs> yeah. Characters Fair. I didn't expect to ever see again because, well, Bio Lizard's not important and Shadow the Hedgehog the game was hot garbage. I mean, you know what? Yes, it was hot garbage, even though we you had were fun gonna tr- You were going to try and defend it, weren't you? I have fun playing the game, but I can acknowledge that the game is objectively a goddamn mess. Yeah, when we played it, it was the first time I played it, so it was like, I remember having fun. No, actually thinking about it, the game did kind of suck, but it was fun to play it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the... That's the terrible <laughs> dichotomy of this whole thing. At which point I also look at my collection of, my bookshelf of video games ago, and that also describes half of the games that I own, so I'm not exactly qualified to defend. <laughs> yep. 
Anyways, Sonic Team creative officer Takashi Izuka said, With Shadow's portion of the title, players will get to know him more as a character and understand his motivations. It will create the ultimate celebration of classic Sonic, modern Sonic, and Shadow gameplay that all fans will surely enjoy. What is Shadow's motivations? Is it just to, like, kill Sonic, basically? No, no, it's... Oh, God, I don't have... I don't have time for this. (laughs) Suffice to say, it's probably a way to catch people up on Shadow before the movie comes out. Mmm. Is what I would assume. Fair. At least, I... uh, Assuming it comes out this year. I don't remember if Mm. a release date was announced. Fair. But, so, uh, long story short, Shadow the Hedgehog is designed to be the ultimate life form, and then it turns out he was actually designed with uh, alien super blood, and... (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's about all you need to know at this point. Yeah, I think that's all I really care to know at this point as well. Cool. (laughs) I'm gonna take this Sonic opportunity to transition into some casting news for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Oh, boy. And it's it's pretty much all good. Oh, good? Okay. Yeah, we now have confirmation. Jim Carrey is back as Dr. Robotnik. To be fair, I don't think they would be able to have anyone other than Jim Carrey be Dr. Robotnik at this point. No, but they could have just had him not be in the movie, because he could have very easily died at the end of Sonic 2. Ah, uh, fair. I still haven't seen Sonic 2. I need really? to fix that. Yeah, no, I never got a chance to see it in theaters. Shoot, yeah, we do have to fix that. Especially because, like, if he hadn't come back... He would have gone out on one of the best last lines I've ever heard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, since you know he's not dead, I'll just say it. Later, haters! Oh, and you know what's bad, too, is that I can see Jim Carrey just carrying that line up. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, my. We also know that Ben Schwartz, Idris Elba, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, Tom Butler, James Marston, and Tika Sumter are all reprising their roles... And, in addition, we're going to see Kristen Ritter, Alila Brown, James Wolk, Sophia Pernis, Cristo Fernandez, and Jorma Tacone, I don't know how to pronounce that, I'm sorry, mm. are being added as well. We don't know who any of them are. Okay. Speculation is that Kristen Ritter might be playing Rouge the Bat. Who's Rouge the Bat? Really? <laughs> Alright, you know what? Hold on. Really? Let me just make sure I actually have never seen this character. I'm not mad, I'm just flabbergasted. Let me just post this image real quick. Hold on. Oh, that one! The one one on the left. (laughs) So, I never knew what her name was. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I never knew- Why is there a picture of a human? (laughs) Oh, that's- That's who Alila Brown is believed to be playing. uh, Maria Robotnik. She's important. I will take your word on that. Yeah, she's in Shadow's backstory and she's his best friend and then she got shot. (laughs) Extrajudicially assassinated by the government. What? In a Sonic game. (laughs) See, what's very unfortunate is that these are the things that I'm hearing that make me go, I should play the Sonic games. And then at the same time, my brain is going, I don't think you should. (laughs) Nah, man, play the adventure games. They got it all. They got multiple stories. They got genocide. They got... (laughs) They've got horrendous abuse of authority by government officials. <laughs> they got. <laughs> I was getting ready to say because a friend of ours put me on a video talking about like sampling in video games. I was going to say, "Oh, they have bomb ass music," and it's like you just go and they have genocide. It's like okay. <laughs> no, they also have bomb ass music. That's that too. Yeah, it's bombing with the bomb ass music. Yeah. As <laughs> I was say, it's like okay, so Armored Core, and it's like. Why is there Armored Core in my Sonic the Hedgehog cereal? Okay, I feel like, and I, I might be off base here, but I feel like Sonic has less atrocities than, than Armored Core. I would really fucking hope so. Most of the atrocities I feel like were in the adventure games. Does that include the existence of the adventure games? Well, Say, and 06, who... but that's more for okay. the Sonic X Princess Elise. Well, Sonic 06 is an atrocity on its own. That yeah. game could be ta- that game could be taken to the Geneva Conventions and get shot on sight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there are people trying to say it's not that bad now. It's fucking awful. I mean, it's it's immensely charming. It's but like it's, it's awful. not the worst thing ever, and I can see where there's a couple of good things. But on the whole, the execution of this is a yeah. train wreck. No, but at the same time, I think because it's a train wreck is what makes it so immensely charming at the same time. <laughs> it really isn't a Sonic game if it all goes according to plan. <laughs> I will take your word for that. Anyways, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to Sonic 3 now. Give me, the, give me a trailer, you cowards. 
Okay. <laughs> Give me the Knuckles show while you're at it. Where's that at? That's right. That was announced, wasn't it? Yeah, we're supposed to be getting Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Hmm. Which is, okay. God, one of the best marketing stunts I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Alright, time for me to fuck up somebody else's name. Oh boy. It's no secret that Dennis Villeneuve, 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 I don't know how you say it. I believe Villeneuve is the correct pronunciation. I have no idea what you just said or how you said it, so, anyways. <laughs> it's very French. <laughs> nah, that explains it. I have no idea how you pronounce French. <laughs> It's no secret he wants to make a third Dune movie, which hasn't mm. yet been announced because presumably Warner Brothers is hedging their bets and they want to see how Dune 2 turns out. As I say, and the second Dune movie hasn't even come out yet. Nah, and the first one did good, but also I hated it. Fair enough. And I don't know, maybe I'll give it a rewatch before before the second one comes out because, like, I don't know, I just... Mm. Or maybe after the second one comes out, see if it's more exciting once the actual exciting stuff happens. Fair. But he has said that, uh... Apparently, if a third one gets greenlit, this hypothetical Dune Messiah would be his last one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he said Dune Messiah should be the last Dune movie for me. Okay. Uh, interestingly, this would cover the second book in the Dune series, but there's more beyond that. Okay, so is there going to be another one or not? <laughs> well, I mean, Warner Brothers could theoretically make more if they could find other people willing to pick it up, but God, I don't know why you'd mm. want to. Yeah... Because I've never touched the books, but aren't there, like, three or four books at least? Yeah, there's several of them. And uh, they okay. it took them three movies to get two of them down, apparently. Oof. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't see how they can make that work well in the long term. Yeah, no, people are going to get sick of these, I think. I'm already kind of sick of them. But then again, what do I know? Eh, something, something, Fast and Furious says hi. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Granted, that's also not based on the book, and that's still depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm, st I'm still going to see Dune Chapter 2 or Part 2. or Does it have a subtitle? I think it was just Dune Chapter 2, right? I think I thought it was just called Dune 2. Huh. Hold on. Either oh, way, Dune Part 2. Oh, Part 2. I'm still going to see it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll, like I said, maybe I'll have a more positive evaluation of the first one. I just remember, because I didn't see the first one in theaters either. I just watched it with some friends, and mm. I was just like, this is, this is... This is nothing. This is all just a bunch of pontificating assholes going on and on and on, and I just... It's, it's oh my god, it's, it's, it's the Phantom Menace. Pontificating is a word. It's the Phantom Menace without the pod racing. <laughs> oh, that's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to Dune. <laughs> it's just highbrow... F okay, you know what? I'll give them credit. It's the Phantom Menace, but there's no pod racing, and there's no Jar Jar, so... That's a bit mm. of an improvement. Ah, uh, fair. <laughs> and granted, George is not the worst thing to happen to Star Wars, I think. No, I, I would I would very much say he's not the worst thing that happened to Star Wars. But, uh, anyways, that's neither here nor there. I would almost... Oof, no, I can't just throw Anakin completely under the bus like that, because Anakin gets very good later on. <laughs> yeah. No Anakin means no Vader, so... Well, I guess theoretically mm. that doesn't track because the prequels came later, but... No, Anakin means Del Vader, which may not be better for the movies, but it's probably better for the younglings. Oh. <laughs> Theme parks! <laughs> I'm getting better at these transitions, I swear. I was going to say, I, I, I will not blame you if you decide to cut that joke. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Universal's working on a new Florida-based theme park that's going to open in 2025. Apparently, it's going to have five immersive lands, and we now know what they I all are. I fucking hate that word. <laughs> right? Sorry. What does that mean? It's such a ridiculous buzzword. Anyways, one of them is Celestial Park. It's going to have, mm. according to this Hollywood Reporter article, lush living gardens, shimmering waterways, and stroll-worthy paths alongside astronomical <laughs> and mythological-inspired architecture. I'm sorry. I like that how they're dubbing it stroll-worthy paths. It's like, okay, as opposed to what exactly? It's like, oh, crap, there's a path. We need to run like crazy. I want to take a scooter. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, this path is nice. Uh, is is there an entrance to like I two seventy five on here or anything like that? Yeah. Someone just drives through it. God, I, I, you know, I should probably like be quiet. I think I've done too much quipping in this. No, episode this is already. fine. <laughs> I might cut one bit of news because this is going on a bit, but I've done that to myself. That's fair. There's the previously announced Super Nintendo World, which yeah, I, I'm right. looking forward to that one. Yeah, no, I'm curious about that one too for sure. And then the other three that were just announced are going to be 
Wizarding World of Harry Potter Ministry of Magic. Okay. Which, that's... I mean, I, I guess, theoretically, since you've already got Diagon Alley and Hogwarts, that is the next most iconic Harry Potter location to add, but also why? I mean, I don't know, do do park goers get a chance to heckle, like, the Ministry of Magic? Because that sounds like fun. Look, all I'm saying is if there's a J.K. Rowling dunk tank, I'll be there day one. <laughs> no, yeah. wait, the money just goes right into her pocket anyway, never mind. Oh, true, Ain't true. worth it. They're also doing How to Train Your Dragon, The Isle of Burke. Right. Which is interesting choice. I <laughs> I guess they're really expecting this live-action re- reimagining to take off. Right. Because otherwise, that's a... That's kind of a... That's a uniquely... I don't want to call it niche because it was a very popular film series, but it seems like one with limited shelf life, if that... I, you know what? I guess that's not fair. They've still been making spinoff series of this whole thing. It's still technically going. That's true, yeah. I don't know. It's... For me personally, anything to do with How to Train Your Dragons, I feel like it hasn't been as much in the public consciousness since the previous movie as things like, you know, Harry Potter and stuff like that. So that, to me, that does seem a little bit brave. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, it is a popular franchise, so... And it mm. is one with the aesthetic sensibility that lends itself well to iconic, recognizable theme park gimmicks. True. And then, this fifth one. This excites me. Oh, boy. Are you ready for this, Greg? Alright, what stupid shit is it? The Dark Universe is back! Really? Yeah, the, this fifth park is gonna be based around universal horror. Uh, uh, uh okay. <laughs> It said the Dark Universe will call upon fans of Universal's classic horror films with encounters featuring the experiments of Dr. Victoria Frankenstein amid a shadowy landscape home to monsters, myth, and mystery. Which I really wonder, how are you going to pull off a dark, creepy theme park in the middle of Orlando, Florida? But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that does seem a little difficult. (laughs) Is the whole park going to be covered up? Mm. Is the whole thing in a tent? And also, why would you bring back the Dark Universe label? Why? What do you gain from that? Call it something else. Didn't it, like, die after the mummy? Yeah, no, and the Dark Universe is lambasted as one of the most presumptuous, impulsive, putting the cart before the horse attempts at building a cinematic universe where they were announcing projects and casts left and right. They had a photo taken with some of the actors who were due to star and stuff. Like, I think they had Javier Bardem as Frankenstein's monster, Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man. Hmm. And then, and then the mummy came out. <laughs> wait. And it all fell wait, apart. In, wait, the Invisible Man's part of the Dark Universe? He was, no, not that one. Oh. No, Greg, okay. you, you gotta remember, like, Universal built a whole staple on these monster things. So, okay. like, they're constantly doing reimaginings of Dracula, the mummy, the Invisible Man, the Wolf Man, that kind of stuff. Okay, no, because I was gonna say, it's like... I just want to make sure that freaking the science fiction horror movie Invisible Man is not part of the Dark Universe. No, 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 no. It fucking is! No, it it was gonna be, and then when the mummy bombed, they were like, we're just gonna make everything separate, we're done with this. Oh, thank Christ. (laughs) Yeah, no, the Dark Universe is a The Invisible Man isn't connected to shit. Okay, good. The Dark Universe is literally just the, the new mummy, well, I say new, but it's like seven years old at this point or some shit. Mm. and now they're using it again for theme park branding, which just seems like the most confusing thing ever. Right. If that was the case, it's like, man, don't make me disappointed in this movie. I really like this movie. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I'm excited for Dark Universe, I guess, and I'm excited for Super Nintendo World. Uh, probably mm. never setting foot in the Ministry of Magic. Isle of Burke, it really depends. Mm-hmm. And the Celestial Park sounds like one of those things that, like, I'll walk through en route to something else, but not care about otherwise. You'll walk through, you won't stroll through. Uh, no, I'll just, I'll just walk. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I'll walk as well. <laughs> okay, I meant about the other ones, but... <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Super Nintendo, I mean, of all of those, Super, Nintendo. Super Nintendo World... <laughs> Uh, oh god, this would be the part where my boss would go like, hey, you're, you're feeling the effects of reaching level 30. And it's like, right. don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. <laughs> oh, right, I thought you meant in Tetris. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you think I have the patience for that? <laughs> nah, I certainly don't. I mean, the Super Nintendo world is probably the thing that would interest me the most. That's, for whatever reason, I feel like that would be, because I think I've mentioned it before, I don't personally 
like, I've been to Disney World multiple times. My experience with Disney World is never to, like, really go to, like, any of the major rides or anything like that. I usually just troll around Epcot, if nothing else, because Epcot is much more on my alley. Really? I feel like, Nat- yeah, it's, I don't know, it feels a lot more chill and relaxed overall, because I'm not a big rides person to begin with. Depending on how it goes, I have a feeling Super Nintendo World that would be the Epcot equivalent to Universal for me. Huh, you might be the only person I know who prefers Epcot. I'm glad we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Granted, I haven't set foot in Epcot in six, seven years, so I have no idea what it's like now. But I d- definitely remember enjoying Epcot a lot more, just because, like I said, it was relatively relaxed. Mm. I mean, as, as relaxed as a subsection of the Disney World can be. <laughs> Fair. Let's go to trailer time. Let's do trailer. Oh, wait. 28 years later? I'm cutting it. Ah, fair enough. I don't yeah, care. let's go to trailer. T- <laughs> let's go to trailer time. <laughs> yeah, it's trailer time again. We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. Uh, you know what? Let's start with Henry Cavill commits war crimes against Nazis. Yeah, but they're Nazis. So who yeah, they're Nazis. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was a. I just thought that was a funny descriptor. But honestly, Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare is plenty funny on its own. Yeah, this is. I would very much say this is one hundred percent a me movie. Oh, I'm looking forward to it too. I like Henry Cavill. I like Guy Ritchie. Yeah. So for the unaware, this is basically a movie heavily fictionalizing one of the first operations of the SOE or. Special Operations Executive, which was a espionage and special forces group created by the British military during the Second World War. I assume this would be pronounced so. No, it, it would just be SOE. Oh, dang it. I was going to make a so what joke. Oh, for... F- <laughs> Continue. So yeah, like this is a movie based on a heavily fiction fictionalized retelling of the SOE's initial adventures. This particular one, I forget the name of the operation, but basically the gist of the operation was to go to Vichy France and fuck with the Nazis' U-boats and shit. Craziness ensues. I'm seeing Operation Postmaster. Operation Postmaster is the name, thank you. Ah, cool. I don't know why I'm blanking on this man's name. Who played Count Dooku again in Star Wars? Christopher Lee. He never talked about it, probably because it was highly top secret, but it is believed that Christopher Lee was a member of the SOE during World War II. Wow. Yeah. Never talked about it. People would always ask him about it, and he would basically, and he would, in the most polite Christopher Lee ways possible, would basically tell them to fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, not surprised there. There's one particular one that I remember, like, really liking, where, if I remember right, someone asked him to talk about his time in the in the military and with and his operations within the SOE, and Christopher Lee looked at him. If I remember this correctly, he looked at him and said, can you keep a secret? It's like, yes, sir, I can. And Christopher Lee goes, well, so can I. Nice. So, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Mad respect. Yeah. Okay, I just want to point out, in the cast list that I just looked up, I'm not seeing who he's playing. But there's an actor here who also played uh, young Voldemort in uh, the sixth Harry Potter. And he probably oh, really? has the most badass name I've ever heard in my life. Which is? Hero Beauregard Faulkner Fine Tiffin. <laughs> what? He's got like five names. Oh, I wonder if he's... Oh, no. He... Oh, he's got that like medieval name going where it's like he's got all the family's names in his names. Yeah. That's, all... that's awesome. <laughs> no, that's, that's the most badass name I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, no. Anyways, no, uh, Alan Richson is also in this. He's good. Right. (laughs) And also just, like, I don't know, this feels maybe a little anachronistic in terms of how everybody's behaving. Mm Mm-hmm. But, oh, oh, right, he's Agent Ames in Fast 10. He's the one who hates barbecues because one killed his family. You know, I completely forgot about that part of Fast 10. (laughs) I mean, I, I made that part up for comedic effect. Oh, did you? <laughs> no, yeah, of course I did. No, he's just the guy well, who's so, antagonist. Well, so, so, he's the guy running the, the agency while nobody's missing. Well, see, the thing is, is that the Fast and Furious movies and all of their dialogue is so completely ridiculous. So I could see them actually doing that 100% I seriously. can't believe I got you with that. Yeah, but can you blame me? <laughs> I guess not. Yeah, like, it's it's Fast and Furious that we're talking about. Like, holy shit. Also, this trailer has such a long build-up to Another One Bites the Dust. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> At first, I was like, okay, this is Another One Bites the Dust. Okay, yeah. this is Another One Bites the Dust. Is it? <laughs> is it? And then finally, don't, don't, don't. Ah! ah! Yep. <laughs> that was an ordeal. 
complete caveat, the whole thing about Hero Tiffin having such a crazy name, you reminded me of how there is a Austrian racing driver who is actually a member of the Habsburg royal family, a.k.a. the royal family that used to run the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Oh. Who has a ridiculously long name. <laughs> oh shit, Carrie Ellis is in this too. Oh really? Yeah. Alrighty. From what I'm gathering, this this movie does have a, a hell of a cast list. Yeah, I mean, it's Guy Ritchie, so I'm not surprised he's got the cloud to get some good people in it. Oh yeah. And it looks like they're having fun too, so that's important. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> Shall we move on? Ah, uh, yeah. What's the next one you want to talk about? Well, we also got a trailer for the movie Tarot. Tarot? Tarot. The horror tarot? movie. Tarot? I, I, I think Tarot would be the correct yeah, pronunciation. Yeah, the one there. with the card deck. Yeah. <laughs> a heart of the cards compels you. God, this looks dumb. It looks dumb as fuck. <laughs> I feel like the worst part about it is it seems like the cards only impact like the appearance of whatever shows up to haunt you. And mm -hmm. just based on some of the perceived deaths in the trailer, it doesn't seem like they're actually, like, doing much in the way of ironic plays on it. They're just mm -hmm. showing up, looking creepy, killing you somehow. Yeah, show up, look creepy, kill you, repeat. <laughs> That's boring as hell. Uh, just a little bit. No, I, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it because it's a, it's a horror movie and maybe it'll surprise me. Like, The Hanged Man has some potential. Mm. If The Hanged Man apparition doesn't kill somebody... By hanging them, this movie is an F minus on the face of it. <laughs> As I say, the whole hangman bit was the only part of the movie that actually got me to be like, okay, that's actually a little bit creepy. Where we, the hangman's thing and you see him just right run on the on the window. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, that was actually kind of solid. <laughs> but I want to see him like do something hanging related with the death, not just, hey, let me play a dumb game of hangman. That's the stupid way of doing it. Right. Also interesting, Jacob Batalone is in this. Okay. He's Ned. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> they got Ned for this. They okay, got Ned. Cool. <laughs> also, Avantika is in this, and she was Karen in Mean Girls, the new one. Oh, right. That's my okay. life goal, to not touch a tiger. God, I mean, honestly, great. just, yeah, just just because of how she was in, in Mean Girls on its own, it's like, all right, I hope you become more popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be getting this one in May, so look forward to that, I suppose. This is based on a novel. Is it now? Oh, the novel's called Horrorscope. Ooh. We're in for a bad time, I think. I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. wait. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's dangerous right there. I'm going to move on to something better. Okay. We got a trailer for We Grown Now, which looks like it's a, it's a feels puncher. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I, I do want to see this, but it looks like it'll be a, a bit of a sad movie. <laughs> An emotional gut punch. Oh, very much so. Because it looks like it's based on a couple friends, and one of them wants to get out, and then one of them ends up getting out without actually wanting to, it seems like. Something like that, yeah. And they're going to have to reconcile how to keep their friendship together or something of the such. Mm -hmm. Also, it seems like not a great neighborhood anyway, so they probably have to deal with that. Yeah, because it's hinted out in the movie that well, the reason why one of the kids is moving away, his family made the call just because, I guess, something going down in their neighborhood. Yeah. It's such a minor thing, but it's the thing that really gets me going like, okay, they, they've really captured like kind of how kids, especially little black kids think, and how they talk and all that. When, when the mom goes, it's like, think of it and then it'll be yours. And he's kid's like, well, I'm thinking of some McDonald's right now and it's not on my plate. <laughs> okay, can I just say, like, A, I respect your moxie kid. B, my dad yeah. would have slapped me. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Especially like between him saying that and the mom's look, it's just like... Yeah, yeah, they you're got that nailed down. You're about to get a whoop, kid. That is like the thing that makes me go is like, yeah, that that is convincing as hell. <laughs> Just that interaction on its own. I heard that and I was like, that feels real. That also feels like something I I dare not try. Oh fuck no! Very very few things are scarier in the world than an angry black woman, especially if she's your mother. <laughs> Speaking from years of experience. <laughs> I'll leave that to you, because I have no room to weigh in. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to this. I hope this is one where it actually gets a wide release, and it doesn't take a month after yeah. it comes out, like poor things. Yeah, no, hopefully it does too, because it, it looks encouraging. Oh yeah, limited theatrical release April 19th. No, oh, that's sad. Because why the hell not? <laughs> yep. Oh well, hopefully, hopefully we get it near us. Mm -hmm. But I guess we'll find out. Right, right. 
And then finally, just today, we got the first trailer for Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey 2. Tigger's here, Boogaloo. It looks so fucking awful, and I really want to see it. Is it bad <laughs> that I thought it looked better when it looked worse? Mm, you know what? I can get behind that. The first one was yeah. so cheap. Mm -hmm. that it circled back around into glorious and now that there's some actual budget put into the poo design it somehow mm -hmm. looks more generic yeah i can i can see that it's a thing of the original movie even though it's original bad <laughs> original film you, you know <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean the first the first blood and honey a lot of the charm came from it being like very low budget and very ghetto like it's about the highest budget, low budget movie I've ever seen in my life. Since this one actually does have some budgetary legs to it, it's like, oh, now I'm glad that they have that because, you know, if people are going to come out in troves to see this movie, I feel like, you know, you should get rewarded for it because the movie had what, like a... I remember you saying it had a $100,000 box office, but it didn't have like, what a... No, it had like a $5 million box office. The budget was 100 thou. Right. So it's like, you know what? Fair play. Yeah. That's a good that's a good ROI right there. Yeah, but at the same time, since everything has more money, it's the weird thing of like the now that there's more money put into it, it's lost some of its ghetto charm. Yeah. Yeah, some of the best bad movies are just people who have no idea how to make a movie doing the very best they can with no budget whatsoever. Yeah. Once you give them a budget, it loses some of that Necessitative creativity and all of their shortcomings start to be fully exposed because now they got money to fall back on. True. But hey, we got Tigger and Owl. Yeah, we did get Tigger and Owl. And a flaming chainsaw. <laughs> that was actually pretty sick. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, it's such a simple thing, but it's one where I also go, I can't think of any movies that really had this. Now, granted, I don't really watch a lot of horror movies, so there probably has been a movie that does that, but... When the flaming chainsaw came out, I was just like, all right, that's actually pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Also, though, um, apparently it sounds like they're maybe retconning the first movie a little bit, where Pooh and Aww. the gang aren't just unholy freaks of nature, but they might be, like, dead kids somehow? No, don't do the whole Five Nights at Freddy's thing, please. Because <laughs> they, they, there's that line of something wouldn't stay buried or something, and then they're emerging, mm. and then the animals start emerging from the ground. So with Christopher Robin, who's been recast, flashing back to... <laughs> yeah, that's the craziest the thing. The <laughs> trauma of watching some other kid get kidnapped, and then it immediately cuts to Pooh and company bursting out of the ground like they're buried corpses. I think there's... I think they're Five Nights at Freddy's, oh, Freddy'sing it. No. <laughs> right? That's just worse. That is disappointing, yeah. I'm still looking forward to this, but I liked it better when they were just freaks. Yeah, honestly. Just weird mutant freaks. Weird mutant anthropomorphic animals. <laughs> yeah. But I guess we'll see. This is coming out in, I think, March? Really? I think. Jesus Christ, that's... Well, that's that's next month. <laughs> what, did you think they have a huge marketing budget? Nah. No, no but I figured it would be, like, longer than that. <laughs> nah. Nah, man. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk box office. Oh, boy. We did not see any movie this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the movie that we intended to see, Argyle, was the highest grossing movie this weekend. Ah, good, good. Yeah, somewhere around $17.4 to $18 million domestically this weekend, $34.3 million worldwide total. But do you want to know what the budget was? 100 mil. 200 mil. Oh, yeah, oh they're good. fucked. <laughs> they're fucked. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the movie also might not be that great. Uh,. Oh, that's even more... Fuck, I hate how this is our my brain works. It's like, oh, it's bad? Alright, so I want to see it a little bit more then. <laughs> I might still try to go see it this weekend, but also Lisa mm. Frankenstein's out this weekend, and that's the top priority. Oh, yeah. That is 100% the priority. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, since we weren't able to see Argyle, I figured we might as well talk about another Matthew Vaughn movie, and I was kind of up in the air. But we settled on Kingsman, The Secret the Service. The original Kingsman, yes. Which... I mean, holy shit, I, I remember when this movie came out. I don't remember how we ended up seeing it. I think it, this was before we did the whole thing of, like, planning to see movies or all that. It was just kind of a thing of, like, this looks completely ridiculous. Let's just go and see it on a complete whim. And 
man, this movie was just like kind of out of left field. Well, no, that's the other funny way. thing. I, I think the trailers kind of masked how weird it was going to be. See, I don't remember. I think this was before. The, oh, God. These, these are during the glory times when I didn't watch trailers for every movie. <laughs> uh, fair. I'm sorry for what I have inflicted. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, no, I never saw any of the trailers for this movie before seeing it. But at the same time, like I said, when the movie started, I was like, okay, I'm kind of expecting another kind of by-the-books, little weird, but by-the-books action thriller movie. And it was more than a little weird, that's for sure. <laughs> no, the, the Kingsman movie is kind of a send-up of older spy movies in that it's over-the-top and ridiculous and gloriously colorful and and a little wacky. Mm-hmm. And it's about this secretive spy organization called Kingsman. Well, it's actually about it's actually about a youth played by Taron Egerton na- named mm-hmm. uh, Eggsy, who is sort of both by past connections and also a little bit of chance brought into this world and given an opportunity to become part of this organization while they work to unravel a global conspiracy that threatens the stability of the entire world. And it's all very silly. It is very silly. Uh, funny enough. <laughs> I, I, I did I did look up some extra trivia on this since it's an older movie. By older, I mean, you know, like, this nine years. Ten years old. <laughs> Apparently, the, the origins of this movie, uh, I mean, it, it is based on a comic, but the idea for yeah. the movie was the director, Matthew Vaughn, and the writer of the comic, because they're buddies, Mark Goatlicker Millar, sitting at a bar talking about Mark spy movies liquor malar i'm not going to explain <laughs> it's actually not as complicated as i make it out to be but i figure if i keep teasing it eventually he'll just look it up <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hold on <laughs> a whiny ass goat liquor <laughs> okay sure I'll cut this whole bit <laughs> this is absolutely nothing Continue. <laughs> so, it's a real snobs versus slobs theme in this movie. Mm. Except, and the, the snobs are the good guys, but also there's, like, the super snobs. Which are the antagonists? Which are the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. It's sort of like, the good guys are the slobs aspiring to be snobs, and, and the bad guys are the snobs behaving like slobs. Yes. Yeah, that, that does kind of sum it up perfectly, in all honesty. Yeah. Really great cast in this, too, because you got Taron Edgerton, who's, who's really good. It's great seeing him again as Eggsy, and Eggsy actually being competent before the sequels fuck it all up. Yeah. Wasn't this, like, his breakout role, too? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a great movie. This is a movie that I have a lot of fun with. It's the first of the Kingsman movies, and I'd argue the only one that's actually any good. <laughs> <laughs> What's kind of funny about that, too, for me personally, is that with this movie because of how great it was and all that, I was just like, man, this is really good. This was a really good movie. And then they announced there was a sequel coming. It's like, okay, but why, though? <laughs> I, I really do feel like there didn't need to be any of the sequels to this. So I think what happened is this was a big success because, you know, it had a budget of under 100 mil and took in 400 mil. So that's pretty dang successful. Mm-hmm. And I think Matthew Vaughn just and Fox just kind of ran away with it. And we're like, we could blow this up into a big thing. Because case in point, uh, every movie, except Argyle, I guess, and even Argyle, mm. Argyle feels like the same type of movie, right? Just from the trailers. Yeah. It feels like it very much wants to go, hey, guys, you like Kingsman, right? <laughs> because all of his movies have either been Kingsman movies or Argyle since then. Hmm. Funny enough, one of the other movies I was contemplating talking about was X-Men First Class, which was the last movie he directed before Kingsman. He was going to direct X-Men Days of Future Past, but passed on it to direct Kingsman. Hmm. Okay. And that's kind of a shame, because First Class was actually one of the better X-Men movies that exists. Mm. Yeah, fair, fair. Uncomfortable interpretation of the metaphor of X-Men representing oppressed minorities aside, because, um... I'm not going to get into it, but it's really unfortunate that... In a movie that, you know, because the X-Men have a lot of subtext about racism and bigotry and what have you. Mm-hmm. It's really unfortunate that by the end of the movie, all the all the good guys are either white or blue but white-coated. Because the black guy <laughs> died and the Hispanic chick turned evil. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, 
Not a great look. Even dumber <laughs> considering the black guy's power was to literally be able to evolve to survive and they killed him anyway. That feels cheap. It, that just yeah. feels like you're cheating. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't great. One great. Yeah. No, not at all. No, I feel like this was like, because this also feels like this is what, and this is probably just because his next few movies after that all are Kingsman adjacent, but <laughs> it, it, it feels like he just kind of let that success, he, he ran away with that success and has been trying to like keep it going ever since, but to diminishing returns because Kingsman right. the Golden Circle, not great, and then the King's Man, I, I, I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> Yeah. All I remember is Cliff with an unsafe elevator lift platform. And the post-credits. And Hitler in post-credits, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to kind of deviate away to talk about that, when that post-credits scene started, or when it happened, it's like, I called it right away, and I was mad <laughs> about it, too. Yep. Because it, it's like, because what did they say exactly? It was something along the lines of, like, oh, and then this is your compatriot from, like, the right side of the country. It's like, it's fucking Hitler. It's Hitler, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and it's just, like, Hitler comes. I was like, God fucking damn it. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, great cast. Taron Edgerton's good in this. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. really good as the villain. Richmond Valentine. He actually took this part because he figured it was the closest he'd ever get to playing a Bond villain. Ha! Yeah, that's... I can understand that. (laughs) And that's also why he gave his character a lisp, because all the Bond villains have some kind of, like, defining quirk or physical characteristic. Mm. And since he already did an eye patch, I assume (laughs) that was right out. You know what? You know what? That does make a lot of sense, actually. I can... I can complete... I completely understand that. Yeah. Mark Strong, great as Merlin. Mm. Even better in the sequel, but... We're not here to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, of course, Colin Firth as as Galahad or Harry Hart. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like, the majority of the cast just totally killed it in this. I like I like that uh, I, I, I took a few notes on this. One of the first lines in English is Colin Firth swearing, which helps set up the fact that the elevated gentleman status of Kingsman is at least partly pretense. Yeah. So that's a nice touch, because really... <laughs> They all let the veneer drop here and there. Mm-hmm. That's not the only moment, that's for sure. <laughs> no, there's, there's a lot of swearing. It was a blank, yeah. Eggsy. It was a fucking blank. <laughs> no, Eggsy. <laughs> no, Eggsy. I'm amazed that Eggsy as a kid remembered the Oxford's not brogues passphrase thing. Because, mm. like, that, Honestly, that's what gets him into Kingsman. Like, he gets arrested for, uh, st- I almost said nicking. Wow. For <laughs> stealing his mom's boyfriend's friend's car yeah i think so and then not ratting on his associates so he calls his helpline because when he was a kid galahad gave him this thing and said if you ever if you ever need a favor call the line say oxford's not broke and i'm amazed he remembered that whole thing so he gets brought in as a kingsman candidate because they need to replace what was it lancelot they need to replace lancelot yeah 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 because lancelot went to go save mark hamill not actually mark hamill uh but mark hamill (laughs) playing a character funny enough Funny enough, mm. the character Mark Hamill's playing in the comic was the bad guy. Really? Who then kidnapped Mark Hamill, the actor. <laughs> you know what? I feel like that is one of the most Mark Hamill things I could ever hear about. <laughs> <laughs> that seems completely on brand for Mark Hamill, the the individual. <laughs> yeah. No, this, this is really good. I like the, the choreography is very fluid. Very exaggerated, very almost like dance like mm-hmm. in terms of how smooth it is. Yeah, because it moves very like there. The, there's really not any wasted. A- well, okay, there's wasted actions. I'm sure there's dramatic flourishes and whatnot, but it all feels yeah. like it flows together really well. Especially, I don't usually much care for slow motion in this kind of thing, but here it works. It does work here because there are a lot of scenes that. If they were happening at normal speed, while very well done they are, you would be missing a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because some, because a lot of the a lot of portions of this movie movie get very hectic very quickly. There's a lot of scenes of people getting beat up and getting a lot more than beat up. Which, by the way, are we doing a spoiler section for this? Or... Uh, yeah, I guess we probably should. I'm gonna put a spoiler warning right at the start. I guess just in the yeah, in no, the timestamps because we're gonna t- this this movie's like ten years old, so we're just gonna. Yeah, and and it's hard to kind of go into some of the things that are really great without spoiling, like, huge, large parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because talking about the whole choreography and all, the standout for that, even though from what I remember, there's not... I don't think I don't remember there being a lot of slow motion. I could be wrong. Was during the whole like church fight. Oh yeah, which... where Colin Firth basically like kills an entire what's it called? Uh, parishion. Yeah, like a, I want to say it was also a racist as fuck one. Too, yeah, it's basically the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, he basically the slaughters way, this... a whole sermon at the Westboro Baptist Church, except they're called something different. Which is a hell of a thing to say without context. By the way, it's like yeah, Colin Firth just murdered an entire church on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but great. He did. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> but it's also not because he's doing it under mind control and he's clearly horrified by it, but also, uh, fuck them. Yeah. Which is kind of the, which is kind of the, uh, funny dichotomy of this movie that it is like, ah, uh, yeah, no, violence should be a last resort, but it also super glorifies all this shit. Oh, it goes ham with it. Like, the whole church fight scene sequence in the movie, because if I remember right, isn't it all also one take too? No, uh, it's just very well edited to look like one take. Okay, because I was going to say, if this if it was all one take as well, that is completely insane. Apparently it took like two weeks to film, or just under. Yeah, I can see that, because it is crazy. Because one of the main cruxes of the whole movie as well is that the thing that Samuel Jackson, as the main villain, is creating is like a mind control device. And more or less he tested on Colin Firth, which leads to this whole completely insane crazy church fight where Colin Firth is just going nuts shooting people stabbing people all of that and it is extremely insanely fast-paced but still like it's fast-paced but it's like not messy if that makes sense and bitchingly We're... set to the solo section of Freebird yes <laughs> and of course I don't want to just like quote mine this entire movie but one of my favorite bits is what precedes the 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 massacre which is he's mm. standing up to leave and one of the other attendees is giving him shit like what's your problem and he just goes i'm a catholic whore currently enjoying sexual congress out of wedlock with my black jewish boyfriend who works in a military abortion clinic so hail satan and have a lovely afternoon <laughs> It's, and what makes that better isn't just the line, but also how he says it's so very controlled and gentlemanly as well. Because <laughs> with, with him saying it like that, it's just like a double fuck you. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Mm. It's one of my favorite bits in the whole movie. He, he, he's horrified by the whole thing. And we've kind of skipped around a lot, but no, that, 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 that's a great scene. Really, most of the Kingsman training is a lot of fun, especially, like, looking after the dogs, and Eggsy picks a, picks a pug thinking it's a bulldog. <laughs> yeah. They got the drowning cute, trial, though. which, fu fun fact that I found out, apparently the actors actually almost drowned. Oh, really? Yeah, so the, the original plan was they were going to sink the set four feet at a time into a pool of water, mm -hmm. and it was running off computers. And then right when they started filming, the computers malfunctioned. So, uh, the actors got oh. dropped into 25 feet of water. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's, ooh, that's terrifying. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, so how was work today, honey? I almost died on set. <laughs> <laughs> honey, are you working for James Cameron? <laughs> <coughs> water. <laughs> you alright? I'll survive. Alright, cool. Oh, God. Damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting message, this movie, because Valentine's whole plan is, he's like, the planet is fucked, the only thing to do is call a bunch of the population, because politicians aren't doing anything. So, he mm. then recruits those same politicians to endorse his plan and hide in a bunker with him. Right. He pretends to be a slob, but he's secretly a snob, essentially. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's it's pretty horrifying because he basically sends out a, a, a rage virus versus, it's not a virus, but it's like a certain homicidal rage triggering frequency ver via SIM cards. And he offers free cell phones with Wi-Fi coverage unlimited to everybody. So, of course, they all line up because why wouldn't you? Yeah, like, why would you not take advantage of that? <laughs> right. Benevolence masking a absolutely insidious end goal, like most capitalism. Mm. Ah. <laughs> uh. Right, Michael Caine's in this. Oh, was he? He's Arthur. Right. Yeah, that's right, he is. Yeah, he's Chester King. He's the, he's the one who uh, tries to poison Eggsy and then starts swearing at him in his last breath when it turns out Eggsy just slide a hand on him. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was very good. 
Oh, I went this whole time and I didn't talk about Roxy at all. She's also great. Oh yeah, Roxy's great in this. I want to say it pretty much becomes Exy's best friend during all this too. Yeah, shame about the sequel. <laughs> yeah. You fucking mug. Yeah, for real. Ugh. The one thing about the movie that truly still makes me upset is, even though it's such a tiny thing, but it's just one of those, this makes me personally upset, is the fact that even to this day, they missed an opportunity to have Samuel Jackson go, oh, this is a tasty burger. Right, because yeah, there, there's a whole thing where Colin Firth has a plan to infiltrate this gala that Samuel Jackson is holding, but mm-hmm. the donation he makes is a little bit too big, so Samuel Jackson gives him a private dinner, and it's just McDonald's, which is another great example of performative humility and charity on the part of Samuel L. Jackson's character because it's like, oh, look at that. I forewent this big fancy thing and now we're just eating McDonald's. Like, congratulations! You're supporting a multi-million dollar fast food company with all kinds of probably horrible ethical treatments and shit. Great. Good job. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm upset about that li- about that opportunity being missed, but you you do get to hear Colin Firth say, I'll have the Big Mac. I'll have the Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> And also, he gets to go, and thank you for such a happy meal. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. This is a really is funny great. movie. There's a, and it's not oh, even yeah. just in the lines. Some of it's just in the acting. Like, okay, one of my favorite low-key moments is when Colin Firth is explaining to, to Eggsy that, I, sh- I should keep calling him Harry or Galahad, but it's, it's easier to say Colin Firth and also funnier to me. Yeah. Colin Firth is explaining yeah. to him about how, like, yeah, I think the circumstances of your upbringing are irrelevant. We can hone you into a gentleman yet. And all of his attempts at trying to appeal to other things like Nikita's going over Eggsy's head. And then when he's explaining the premise, Eggsy just goes, Oh, you mean like a mafia lady? And then he's just got this like... <laughs> Eggsy's just got this, this stupid little smile on his face. <laughs> for, for like the next for the next like 15 seconds. While, Col- while, while Harry's just like, Well, aren't you full of surprises? Yes, like in yeah, my fair lady. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just got, he's just got the greatest fucking look on his face of oh yeah i got it yeah <laughs> he's so proud of himself for it oh yeah as he should be <laughs> i like the little references to other spy movies especially the over-the-top ones like the fact that there's a get smart reference in the form of our shoes used to have a phone in the heel oh <laughs> right that's really good mm-hmm. G- give me your best impersonation of a german aristocratic greeting Starts doing, the, starts doing the Hitler salute. No, Exy. No, Exy. <laughs> the way Exy does that is, it's especially funny because it's just like in the most juvenile way because he doesn't just immediately do the salute. He does it like all slow and shit. Like just like, like he's like the sh- the shitty like class clown in high school. Yeah. Just like, oh, I just, take that personally. And Colin Firth just sounds like a disappointed teacher. Just like, no, Exy. No, <laughs> Let's see what else. Oh, uh, so the the final test and the one that ends up meaning that Eggsy doesn't actually get in is they're supposed to shoot the dog they've been training. And uh, mm-hmm. funny enough, apparently in the original draft of the movie, the ki- the, the, the Kingsman agents to be actually were going to have to shoot their dog. Like not not like they weren't really going to shoot animals, but in the context of the story. They were supposed like they were, to. They were actually supposed to kill the dog instead of using blanks. Although I feel like if you shoot a dog in the head with a blank, that dog is probably dead anyway. Yeah, just a little bit, especially at close at close range as it was. If you put that gun up against the dog's head and pull the trigger, it doesn't matter what's in the fucking. Yeah, the dog's dead. You could like, have confetti the... in there, and it's probably still going to do some damage. Boom, confetti! <laughs> God, that's a terrible image. Oh no. <laughs> No, so his co-writer Jane Goldman talked him out of it. Mm. Be- and, yeah, that's a good. That's that's good. That I was mean, a good call. It's still a fucked up situation, especially because Harry tries to justify it afterward. Kingsman don't take a life except to save another. Okay, then what's the point of shooting your fucking dog? That's just to yeah. prove blind, stupid fucking loyalty. That doesn't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Bad. <laughs> Kingsman sucks as an organization. We really see that in Just, the sequel. But. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that today. No, no, no. This movie also has a complete clothing collection. Oh, what, with the suits and all? Yeah, pretty much. Apparently, like, all the outfits were at least available to be purchased. I don't know if any of them were still in rotation, but... Hmm. Yeah, no, there was an entire, like, clothing line made based on the outfits in this movie. Really? Yeah. I think it's the first oh. one. At least to have such a comprehensive set. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah, I don't really have a good structure for talking about older movies yet. I'm still working on it. 
Yeah. <laughs> we don't do this enough. We should do this more often. Mm-hmm. Problem is, that reco- that would have to be done probably in addition to <laughs> recording a regular episode. So that's hard yes, to schedule. I- huh. We do not have that kind of free time, unfortunately. No, God, no. But if enough people like, comment, and subscribe, maybe we'll get there someday. Hell yeah, Wink, brother. wink. <laughs> Make sure to smash that motherfucking like button. Hell yeah. With respect. With the utmost respect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make the joke that just came to my head. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else, like, major that I'm missing. Mm. I mean, there's more to it, but I feel like a lot of the more to it that I would want to talk about kind of goes into the whole thing of, no, you want to watch the movie, because just talking about it does not convey, like, what it's like to actually sit down and experience it. Big because... giant rainbow explosion of pomp and circumstance is fun. Yeah, and... It's it's something to truly behold. <laughs> now, what do you make of uh, what do you make of the very end of the movie, which I feel like isn't a major spoiler since it's 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 a weird like I guess it's kind of a send up of how Bond gets the girl at the end of all these. Mm, I feel like it was parodying that. Yeah, because... I just like don't I don't know how it works. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know how it works too, but it's like I know that like with Bond historically, he just through natural gentlemanly ooze or something like that. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Gentlemanly ooze. <laughs> <laughs> Never say that again, please. Uh, sure. <laughs> oh, God. Now He's I'm just... thinking about... Now I'm thinking about Sean Connery's gentlemanly ooze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He just, like, naturally, like, just, like, seduces the girl. Basically just by being there and existing, more or less. Yeah. Which... And, and comp- you know what? Actually, I'll say it. This doesn't feel as gratuitous because he gets full consent beforehand. Yes, he does. Hell, he was only angling for a kiss. She took it to the next level. Yeah, and it's and it's great because he gets consent, but it's still the most like horrifically raunchy shit ever. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 was really fun. But no, thinking about it, it's like yeah, no, he he was only angling for a kiss, and he asked. Mm. He was very polite about it. He he was very polite about it, and. And especially kind of he the he the way he initially like presents us the whole like fairy tale way is like you know if I save the maiden do I get the kiss and all that and then she's just like oh I'll let you have more than that <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was funny very yeah thinking about it, I like that that was good <laughs> oh hey you know what call back to earlier in the episode I forgot Sophia Butella is is gazelle which is really funny because she's the mummy in the mummy <laughs> oh that's something she's much better here. <laughs> Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> Get some real good action scenes, too, since she's got those weird blade feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's about most of what I had for this. Yeah, I think that covers all the bases. Yeah, that about wraps that up for this week. Next week, uh, we might have a double feature review. I don't know, because I'm definitely going to pull to see Argyle. But also, Lisa Frankenstein comes first. Yeah, I'm. I think that's kind of it for me, too. I am absolutely going to try, Is provided I don't run out of time like I did this past weekend. I will absolutely definitely go see Lisa Frankenstein. And if I can squeeze an Argyle somewhere in there, I absolutely will. Yeah, that's that's what I'm leaning towards, too. Mm-hmm. In any case, thanks so much for listening, everybody. I already did the spiel, so we're also on <laughs> Spotify, Google <laughs> Podcasts, Amazon, all that good stuff. All that good shit. In any case, this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.